Welcome to Pretty Grounded Podcast, your place to feel more grounded and calm no matter what life throws at you. I am Nu, your host. Take a cup of tea, let's unwind and talk about how you can achieve greater things. Stay pretty grounded. Mwah. Hi girlies, how are you? I am so excited about this episode because it's all about fashion and that's one of my favorite topics in the whole world. I think fashion makes such a big difference in how it makes you feel inside and how it can empower you. And knowing more about your fashion sense also translates into knowing more about who you are as a person. You will hear that I'm accompanied by the amazing Tina Hazel. She's a fashion influencer, digital content creator, and her photos are not only on my mood board, but also in Vogue, Elle magazine, Vanity Fair, Bazaar, Cosmopolitan, in which she was all featured in. Her style is so undeniably gorgeous, and I'm so honored to have her for this fashion special episode. We talked about the secrets of fashion week, finding your fashion style, a day in the life of being a fashion influencer, and how it works to collaborate with other brands. I have more special episodes coming for all my ambitious girlies, so if you're not following the podcast, you know what to do. Tina. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Pretty Grounded Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. Also because we actually saw each other a week ago in yes. Copenhagen Fashion Week. Yeah. Between the street style yeah. mess. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's Tina. I need to say hi. And I think everyone was like so busy running to the next one. And you too, you were like, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. It's I, I don't remember what was the next show, but some like Copenhagen, there are so many shows like back mm. to back and the locations are a bit offside. So you have to catch, I don't know, the bus, the bike, whatever to to just get there in time because they don't wait for you, right? No, they don't <laughs> wait for you. And how was Fashion Week for you in Copenhagen? It was really nice. To be honest, Copenhagen Fashion Week is the fashion week I have been most to. Mm -hmm. So it feels like I don't even remember how many times I've been like so many times. And but it's it's like a little second home and it's a fashion week I look most forward to mm -hmm. because the atmosphere is so friendly and welcoming. I don't know how you like received it this time, but in general, I feel it's so open for everyone and mm -hmm. they are so friendly. And of course, the Scandi fashion is next level. Plus, they have a big um, sustainable focus, mm. which I really, really admire. And I hope that it gets more also in other fashion weeks. Mm. So, yeah, I really I take always a lot of inspiration from there. I love it. And also very similar to your style. Also, sometimes what they offer. Or yes. Um, what do you think is the fashion week where you relate to the most in terms of style? Oh, that's a tough question. Yeah, probably it is Copenhagen, but still like the typical Scandi style with very colorful. I'm not that colorful, mm -hmm. but of course, there are also a lot of brands who are showing at Copenhagen Fashion Week that are more neutral and minimalistic. Mm -hmm. For example, Aeron Studio, they are more like neutral colors and have small little details mm -hmm. that make the difference. So yeah, there are a lot of brands I always look forward to seeing there. Do you remember your first fashion shows or fashion week? Um, I think back then it was Berlin Fashion Week and mm -hmm. a friend took me and I was still in the corporate uh, business working. So it was just like, I, I think I even took a day off. I had to take holidays for it. But I was like, oh my God, I'm so interested in seeing this. So we went mm -hmm. to Berlin Fashion Week one day and it was when they still had the tent at Brandenburger Tor. It's like a lot of years back, probably mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Oh, wow. But back then, Berlin Fashion Week was a more... Was a small thing? 
or mm-hmm. it was actually quite big mm-hmm. and it was before yeah it kind of got a bit um not sad but how can i say a bit like, boring like so back Berlin. then it was still rising and it was still like everyone was being excited and it was a huge tent with a lot of effort a lot of backstage and it was so so interesting because mm-hmm. it was all in one place when you said boring actually i'm interested because when i looked at the pictures mm. compared like compared different fashion weeks i felt like berlin everyone was wearing the same like goth um dark fetish thing black is that what you meant or what did you what do you think of now how like mm. the fashion week evolved in berlin I think the problem in Berlin is that on the one side there is this very um, perception of everything everyone wears black. Yeah. Everyone here listens to techno, and so this is the kind of like the focus on this side. And then there's the more commercial side, which I also, to be honest, don't really like. Like the more commercial designers mm. who have big brands behind them who sponsor them. Mm. So it feels more like uh, there's a runway and they just have to mix in some kind of piece from whatever sponsor mm-hmm. maybe even a water bottle brand so all of the models wore had to wear a water bottle kind mm-hmm. of thing so it was very very weird okay so it's this big mess a bit i think berlin hasn't found uh, the way mm-hmm. but of course um i think there's a lot change right now mm-hmm. which is a lot of ukrainian designers came to berlin of course the reasons for this are very sad so It's not a it's not a nice reason that Berlin Fashion Week is getting more interesting, but I think we are we can thank a lot to the Ukrainian designers right now because they bring a lot of inspiration. Also, the, the craftsmanship mm. behind the clothes in Ukraine is insane. Like when you look really up close, it's very very nice. Yeah, com- like compared to the commercial things that you said mm. were being produced, and now that you've been to every Fashion Week. What is your, like, I'm so excited to go to? Like, what is your favorite one? Mm, I haven't been to London Fashion Week, to be honest, and also not New York. Okay. So these two are not uh, on my list yet, but also um, I would love to go. But then again, I have to have a specific reason. Of course, I would be excited to go for a brand, but it also has to have some kind of background. Mm. But um, yeah, why should i go if i if i have a job there or something like this is going on and what do you mean but if you have a job there um because i'm a freelance Mm -hmm. of course i have to finance myself Mm -hmm. and for example traveling to new york just for fashion week is a lot of money for example also copenhagen you've been there it's it's very near it's around the corner but then again copenhagen accommodation is very expensive also like the food everything Transportation might be okay-ish, but still it's it's a lot of money spent within a week. So of course I have to, with my business kind of mindset, <laughs> have to think of the advantages and disadvantages and like, is it worth going? Like, can, mm-hmm. I, can I get some jobs working there or is it just for me because I'm interested? Of course, I would love to travel to all the fashion weeks, but also it's a lot of money, definitely. For those who don't know about like influencing, In terms of jobs, like what opportunities are they for fashion influencers like you? Um, oh, it can be a lot. Like there are so many different jobs around that I also did. For example, you can do coverage for magazines. 
I did this um, some fashion weeks with InStyle, with the German magazine, where I went backstage and uh, took some footage for them, did interviews for them. So it's kind of this kind of magazine mm -hmm. coverage that you can do. Also, there are so many brands which are not specifically maybe showing at the fashion weeks, but they have showrooms mm -hmm. or they have some kind of presentation. So the brands can invite you and uh, ask you for collaborations. Um, or also for story takeovers because many brands are of course interested in are oh, you going to the shows mm -hmm. can you do a story takeover for us and get us to the show with you mm. and yeah I think there are a lot of uh, different jobs going on <laughs> I love it is there like some behind the scenes that you feel like people look at pictures or videos but that don't know about it unless you go for sure <laughs> just thinking i mean of course also you saw the street style for example at the show so what did you think i think in the pictures it always looks so effortless everyone is mm -hmm. arriving at the show and leaving the show and there's just spontaneously someone takes a photo and it looks so natural mm -hmm. but of course also for the photographers or the guests for everyone arriving and leaving it's it's a lot of stress or it's mm -hmm. also a lot of just coincidence like mm -hmm. when you arrive at the show or when you leave the show and if there's a photographer and also the for the photographers they are waiting a lot just running from show to show but also a lot of waiting games for them so when I talk to the photographers it's also like it's a it's a hard job like it very is. hard and in Copenhagen or in any other city depending on the weather it can be a lot like it can be hot 30 degrees it can be super cold and oh my god in the in the winter fashion weeks <laughs> and Copenhagen Just was so rainy time. oh my god there was like a storm yes oh my, it was crazy the weather we and felt we like we felt like it's a it's a repeating the January fashion week oh my god that was crazy I was like are we in summer or are we in winter like I think it's just the problem is always the wind in Copenhagen. In Berlin, it could also be cold and 15 degrees, mm. but you still wouldn't feel it. But Copenhagen, because of the Baltic, you always feel the wind. That's so why everyone's wearing trench coats. Yeah. <laughs> it still looks cute. It still looks super cute. Um, and in terms of like pictures and photographers, are these street pictures um, randomly taken, like from a coincidental thing, or are they planned? Um, in general, they are coincident, I would mm -hmm. say, but also, of course, the photographers have a different eye depending on the style. Plus, I mean, it's of course, if there's a big Scandi influencer passing by, everyone will take a photo. And this is sometimes what I don't really like, even though it's a big influencer, you don't really care about the outfit. You just see, oh, it's X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. And that's why I take a photo because I know it will be used mm -hmm. but I can also understand because of course you have to have your pictures used to make money yeah also by the way now that I think about it this is one thing that everyone always thought like oh Tina you are featured in I don't know you have been featured in Vogue and what did you get from it I'm like nothing like do you think I earn any money just being featured on Vogue like how will I earn money for this I'm in the photo and I take it I mean it's nice because I can put it in my portfolio I have yeah. been featured But it's not that I'm getting any money out of this. So everyone is like, uh, really? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Because it looks so, it, it is the like stamp, you know, mm -hmm. like Vogue, Vanity Fair, Elle magazine, all of, of that, in which you were all uh, featured, by the way, 
for our listeners. <laughs> Did you Google me? <laughs> I mean, of course, I stopped you. <laughs> I have to, it's my job. <laughs> um, how does it work? Do you get notified, for example, when someone takes a picture of you? For example, when it's on Vogue? Or do you just discover it? You're like, oh, I'm on Vogue. First page. Yeah, the second. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't have, maybe you can put in Google Alert. I don't know. I never done it because... I also don't want to like be too crazy about yeah. being featured. So, I mean, on the one hand, it's like people telling me, oh, I saw you here and there, which is very nice. Mm. Or, of course, I can search for my own name. But the problem is my name is very, very common in Germany. I don't know if you realized. So if you search for me, there will be five other people with my name and you have to dig in, which I'm... <laughs> I mean, I have to be very bored to do that. Okay. <laughs> But of course, Good sometimes point. I'm like, I have a hope like, oh, maybe this outfit is somewhere. I have a feeling it could be featured. So then I look for it and just do some search, like the picture search on Google. That's it. <laughs> this is an amazing transition to another question I had. When you go to Fashion Week, do you plan your own outfits or do you have like, For example, other brands telling you, hey, can you wear this? Um, it's a mix of both. Like, I love to style my own outfits because I feel like fashion weeks are the the one time in the year kind of where you can go a bit extra. Yeah. And I love to, like, just try a new makeup, try a new mm. hairstyle or just to, to give this kind of extra accessory that I maybe wouldn't wear on a night out in Berlin. But at fashion week, I'm like, okay, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I want to stay true to myself. I don't want to feel like I'm wearing a costume. And same is like for the brands. Like if brands approach me and be like, oh, maybe you want to have a look at our lookbook and pick an outfit. I would always try to stay true to myself and also pick an outfit. Like, I mean, sometimes it's landing. You cannot even keep it. Also, this Most happens. Most of the time, would you say? Or it depends? Mm, it depends. Because it depends on the brand and mm. of course on the price point and how popular the brand is or like if you if you can guarantee kind of that you are taking content with it or not so it's a, it's always kind of a balance but mm. actually sometimes I'm happy to have only ha landing mm. because maybe it is an extra outfit that I'm sure I wouldn't wear on a daily basis um, but again I'm trying to pick an outfit where I know I would like can integrate it into my closet Aww. <laughs> I, I love that because I feel like it's one of the most important things that you stay true to who you are and if you like it, the outfit you like it if you don't you don't and you don't force yourself to wear it just because you would get something extra from it or, something. or if the weather is so much colder and they send you the summer outfit and you're like oh my you're god like, I in Copenhagen I was literally I went to one showroom and I had to pick up a cashmere sweater because I was so cold on that day and we had to go on a boat trip and I'm like I cannot wear hot pants or a mini skirt in this weather. I was so surprised about Copenhagen and the temperatures. So you have to be flexible. <laughs> you have to be flexible. And actually, you, I saw something like going back to behind the scenes. What's really interesting is the fact that there was always like this prep before you see girls putting their makeup like taking off the coats this thing and then staying in front of photographers like it's not all perfect like people are not just going in and i think it shows that there is work behind the mm -hmm. visuals you know you know there's a whole thinking about the outfit and the story you want and the aesthetic you want to give yeah for sure and i think Especially in cities like um, Paris or Milan, you can see that 
people are just approaching to have the street style and then will leave like they are not invited to the show mm. um, they are just interested in taking like having their outfits taken mm -hmm. so of course they put a lot of effort will yeah. uh, like hope that they get a kind of street style pick and then leave again so this is so much effort for just like having a, a small chance of this happening but I, I totally admire it like I think that's so cool about street style that everyone can just um, express the best how they want to and just take this chance talking about expressing how do you think your style your fashion style evolved from being a young child to now oh that's a long way <laughs> that's a long way for all of us yes <laughs> i think when i grew up i always like of course i stole the clothes of my mom and i was super interested in fashion plus was your mom a fashion girly or not necessarily i think she was and also she is like she's still interested she in fashion like of course it changes over the years and like For example, she's not into heels or something. It gets more comfortable, but still she's super interested in it. And when I grew up, I was also, I thought I would be a fashion designer. I was scribbling and like, I don't know, making some kind of little dresses. I thought that could be cute. And I was in a carnival. Um, how can you say? Which one? In, in the north of Germany, actually, okay. it's not, no. no, like I know that Cologne is very, very popular for carnival, yeah. but also in the north of Germany, we yeah. have it. And it's more based, like I was in a dancing group, so we were always no having the themes and like different kind of uh, topics we mm -hmm. would create a dance on. And I love to go all in. Like we had this kind of, I don't know, we had an Egypt theme, so you plan everything around this and you have all these different topics. Mm -hmm. And I love to just like get all in with the makeup, mm -hmm. with the hair, with the outfits, the costumes. So I think growing up, I was always like interested in fashion. Mm -hmm. And when I had my corporate jobs, it felt like a part of me is missing. And that's how I started my blog, because mm -hmm. I knew the corporate environment. I have to have this kind of creative thing going on. Mm -hmm. And I started my blog. And since then, yeah, it somehow happened. <laughs> Actually, maybe we have to explain because we had this discussion offline. But um, Tina went through different jobs, all in a very hard, not hard, but like corporate, and also some sectors that were dominated um, by men, like for example, finance, etc., banking. And we have to, you have to tell us all the jobs you did before <laughs> becoming a fashion influencer. Okay. <laughs> so I studied business administration. Mm -hmm. And I focused on marketing, but I was still in a very corporate environment because my first job was at Siemens, like the big tech uh, company from Germany. And then I went into retailing for Uniqlo, opening the flagship store, which was, um, yeah, it was a project of almost like two years and became also very, very, it was not only retailing, it was also a mix of HR, about sales, about everything that is going on in the store. And then I went to Deutsche Bank. And you also made some trips with Uniqlo, which yes. you thought was the most fun part about the job. It was really, really interesting. Which is important to highlight because yes. it also showed something about your personality as well. Yes. I've been to London for, for Uniqlo and to Tokyo. Mm. So Japan, it was my first travel to Japan. It was only one week, which you can imagine was way too short and we had to work a lot. But it inspired me so much and I really, really want to go back to Japan. Mm -hmm. And also it's interesting to see from the roots of the company where it comes from because a lot of 
um, the Japanese culture and um, yeah, like also the principles of the company. When I arrived in Tokyo, it was clear how they like how they became like this. Mm -hmm. Or um, do you mean it was clear, like the way they work, they work, the way they work, the way they approach work, mm. and it's such an. Um, I mean, also in Germany, work is a very very important part of your mm -hmm. life. But I think in Japan, it's next level. Mm -hmm. It's like the reason why you live is working. The level of service yeah. is. Oh my god, it's so crazy. Like it's so so good. It's just insane like how they grow up. I think it's just normal for them to always be open, always serve and mm -hmm. always be um very helpful. Mm -hmm. So it's very very interesting because first time when Uniqlo came to Germany, we were almost like shocked by what they um thought it's normal to have kind of service in the store mm. because usually when you come to Germany, you want that people just arrive in the store and just Oh, I'm just browsing, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. But at Uniqlo, it was always like, you have to approach the customer, you mm -hmm. have to ask them what they want, what they need, and you have to help them. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so... I think German people will be shocked like by being so... like being approached like this. Mm -hmm. They are not used to it. But when you come to Japan, you see it's just normal. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like a... It's a different level of service. It's amazing. Yeah. And so after, after Uniqlo... After Uniqlo, I, I was looking for a more, again, a bit more corporate nine to five job because, of course, in retail, if you ever worked in retail or I think in general, it's in the in the service industry, mm. it's it's a lot. Like uh, it's very very hard. Also, if you want to have a family, if you want to have a boyfriend, because you work on the weekends, you work late shifts, you work night shifts, it's it's insane. So after two years, I'm like, okay, I want my nine to five corporate job back. Mm. Let's see where it goes. So I went to Deutsche Bank mm -hmm. and worked an audit. And yeah, I really, really liked the team. It was a very nice environment. I already told you it's super international. It's super open. I can only recommend it. But in like in Corona, in COVID, I was left alone just with the work mm -hmm. and not with the team. So I realized it's it's not my kind of job I want to do for the next five or 10 years. So I'm like, okay, why not change it now? Even though, of course, COVID is a very interesting timing. But um, yeah, I left my job and decided to go freelancing and full-time with my influencer, content creation, everything. Amazing. What I l really love about your story is that people sometimes look at Instagram profiles like, yeah, they just always did it, you know. But a lot, for example, in your story, that you tried so many different things. And at the end, you're like, okay, I think I love this thing. I, this, this is something I would like to do. And mm. like, no one gets it from the first. I mean, unless you're very lucky. I don't Do you know anyone who just made it? Actually not. Like, I think uh, <clears throat> what, what you just said, I think a lot of times people think, oh, she always was an influencer or she didn't study or she didn't do this or... She comes from a rich family exactly. or something. Exactly, that they say a lot. Yes, I have quite a, a good network and also a lot of friends who are influencer models, like all, all the creative jobs and definitely they all come from very different paths mm -hmm. and no one comes from a rich family actually. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know anyone. Hard work pays <laughs> off, <laughs> just saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. So the reason why we were talking about all your different jobs before becoming an influencer, content creator, blogger, did I forget something? Social 
entrepreneur also because you have your own social media company photographer photographer how would you describe your style now okay first thing i did when i left deutsche bank i put all my very shirts blouses kind of things <laughs> i didn't burn them but burn i did <laughs> but I, I that was the first thing i was so happy about just like throwing out of my so closet crazy. i mean i like shirts actually i'm wearing one yeah. right now but of but it's course, different it's You want something yeah. more chill or you want to, like definitely it was an atmosphere where you had to be kind of neatly dressed from Monday to Thursday and it was casual Friday where... That you, was not so casual, but yeah, casual. It was a bit casual, but it was also funny because you could see like what people are actually wearing in oh. their free time and it was a bit funny sometimes, <laughs> like printed shirts and Bermuda shorts and you're like, okay, you're wow, like, oh. <laughs> interesting. So, yeah, I think over the years, I'm not sure if I 100% found my style. And I think also style is something that will always change a bit, whatever decade you're in, whatever you are like focusing on right now. Yeah. But I think I'm more clear about what looks good on me. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times we look at trends or we look at different um, items that we really want to wear. And also for me, like, of course, a lot of times I wanted to wear something specific, but it's not good for my body type or also for the colors. I think mostly when I bought something that I didn't like after two, three years, it was a, just a shade of color that I thought I would try. But in the end, it doesn't work for me. So over the years, definitely the neutrals stuck with me. I have a lot of white, beige, black also kind of brown or muted colors. Mm -hmm. And then I just like, for example, of course, if I want something to wear in a very statement color, at least the cut has to be something that is a bit timeless. Mm. Or I know it's such a statement dress. Like, for example, I have a red dress from Awake Mode, which I know I will not wear it on a daily basis, also not every month. But it's such a, it's such a nice statement piece. Plus, mm. the quality is amazing. So I know I will wear it in five years. I can wear it tomorrow. It's still there. The cut is so important because I see, I see that some people online try to reproduce celebrities like outfits, but then they get the cheap version of it. And mm -hmm. of course, it doesn't look as good as what Kendall Jenner is wearing, you know, because, well, she's a model, but also she has super like fitted, very well cut piece of clothing. So that's also something to be aware of, I think. Yeah, I think especially for the kind of star styles, we should not forget that they have a whole team around them. The, probably there was a seamstress making it fit perfectly for her body. Like all of this we don't know. Also, it's in the, in the background. It's behind the scenes. You will not see it. Or maybe there's a safety pin in the back. You cannot tell. Um, but what I really, really like about this, for example, exactly what you were saying, the cut. If I fall in love with the piece, for example, it just... It doesn't even have to be a high-priced designer item, but if it's a very good quality, it can be... For example, I have a linen skirt from Zara, and I'm not happy about buying it Zara, but if it's a linen piece, which I know it will stay a long time in my closet, because it's linen, I will wear it mm. every summer, I'm happy to go to the tailor and have it perfectly tailored to my body, mm. and then I know it will stay with me. Mm. So quality over quantity, yeah. you would say? Yes. And something... Like for all the fashion girlies who would like to find their style, um, what advice would you give like in kind of refining who you are and what you like in terms of pieces? Because for example, you said for you, you said, okay, actually the neutrals are something that make, mm. makes me, me. And what would you like, what, would, what advice would you give to the fashion girlies? Um, 
I think it has been overused a bit, this kind of capsule wardrobe. I'm not really a fan of calling it capsule wardrobe, but I always grab the same kind of pieces like a year around. It's an oversized blazer, for example, which is vintage. I bought it for 10 euros at some kind of vintage store Good here deal. in Berlin. Hmm. It's from the men's section, but it's something I have it. I've been wearing it so much, but also the quality is like, you can imagine it's vintage, it's wool. Mm-hmm. So it's such a good quality and like a blazer, it will always stay in my wardrobe. So you have to find your key pieces. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a capsule wardrobe, but these kind of key pieces that you know that are worth investing in, like, I mean, investing 10 euros, but <laughs> it's like uh, just finding what is best for you. And then I like to play around with accessories a lot. Mm. I'm definitely a bag and shoes kind of girl. <clears throat> and I love to find like very interesting accessories. Mm-hmm vintage second hand just to dig in what is for you like you like mm. belts or you like earrings what is your kind of accessory type what you would always wear for the next five or ten years because if you have a neutral wardrobe you don't want to look boring right you don't Definitely. want to have a capsule wardrobe and always look the same mm. so i love to play around with kind of statement pieces i just want to say that tina has one of the styles that i love the most oh, thank because you. it's just you can definitely see your aesthetic through it. Mm. And I was scrolling and I saw your sh- Chanel belt and I saw it here again. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, it looks so good. So I really recommend actually going to Tina's page and looking at her pictures because you can also like leave them for inspiration. Uh, she has, you have everything. You have every season, like winter, spring, summer, fall. Um, yeah, I highly recommend. Also, thank you so much. <laughs> of course, it's, it's, it's all you. Um, but to kind of circle around our, our fashion uh, topic, imagine you have to pick an outfit. Like, what is, how do you process it? Like, how do you go when picking an outfit? Actually, I think I would always start with one piece that I absolutely want to wear. Like, I mean, sometimes it's the mood. You want to be chill. So you're like, for example, today I want to look cool, but chill. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I have to be a bit oversized. I want to feel comfortable. I have to mm-hmm. sit and like, depending on what you're planning to do the, during the day. Or sometimes I'm like, I really want to wear these shoes today. So everything else is second. So I would just go for the shoes and everything with goes, go, just follow around it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's nice if you focus on one piece and make it shine. Okay, I like that. So, like, focus on something you you say, I have to wear it today. And then figure out the rest. Yeah. And, of course, what always helps, like, this is what I do for fashion weeks. It's not on a daily basis, but actually I think it's such a good thing if you photograph your outfits and just put them in a folder on your phone. Because sometimes we all get bored or we are all a bit like, oh, I don't know what to wear today. I don't feel like anything. You have... A media company, never offline. When did you start building your company? Actually, never offline is with my friend and business partner, Amelie. And uh, I think we started around three, four years ago. And the idea back then was to bundle our strength regarding photography, videography, content creation, and um, to approach brands together for projects and campaigns. And this is what we did actually. And but also right now we are kind of refocusing because for me on my 
on my personal side, I would now focus more on content creation, photography, mm -hmm. also event coverage. I'm really, really interested, like for example, the behind the, behind the scenes, mm -hmm. backstage photos. I'm super interested in that of photographing fashion events where I'm more behind the camera. So what do you mean by lens? photography? Like kind of the visual behind it? Uh, actually taking pictures or? Uh, actually taking the pictures mm -hmm. because we also saw that at many fashion events, um, they always need, the brands always need social media coverage. They always need a good photo, a good video. They need the social media content for the Instagram channels, for TikTok, for everything. But most of the times, It's something else than having a red carpet photographer because you want yeah. the natural scenes yeah. unstaged, like uh, just having an event in the moods. And I really like to like to catch these kind of moods where it's not someone posing for the camera. Mm -hmm. It's more that's natural. That's the best pictures. I love these pictures. Exactly. So that's the, the kind of approach I'm trying to, to continue right now. And also the content creation because... I really like influencing. I like to take on jobs, collaborations, if it feels very natural to me. Um, but also, I don't want that only the pressure of me being in front of the camera. Mm. Because I would like to have different kind of ways to, to pursue this creative career. So yeah, I'm focusing more on the content creation part and now never offline. We are right now in the kind of process. I cannot spill too many okay. uh, details. Not even we one. Are, yeah, we are looking into the second hand and vintage pop-up. Okay. And uh, yeah, these kind of okay, ideas. Okay, that's, that's it. No more. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait then. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, concerning, you, you said you wanted to uh, combine your strength with Amelie. Mm -hmm. is, where is she actually from? Amelie is born in Romania and grew up oh. in Italy and she's been in Berlin for many years and actually also another Copenhagen Fashion Week side note we met on a plane to Copenhagen Fashion Week oh my god that's we, the best yes. story it was very funny like for five years ago we were flying to Copenhagen seated next to each other and yeah we, we immediately started talking yes because you're like a friendship uh, power couple yeah friendship Power. I don't yeah, know how do team, they call it? Team. team. Yeah. Yes. And what was the two strengths that you wanted to combine, you and her? Um, I would say Amelie is very, very good at, especially at videography. Like, mm -hmm. um, sh I think she's one of the best storytellers mm -hmm. in this kind of, um, like, finding new ideas, being creative. Plus, she also has a sense for the zeitgeist. Like, she absorbs the trends for example on tiktok she's very very big on tiktok so she's like absorbing all the trends and what is cool and hot right now mm -hmm. or even actually before it's cool and hot <laughs> she kind of uh, already finds finds it out and um, takes what's best for her mm -hmm. so i think we were and so she's very creative very mm -hmm. like brainstorm hands-on mm -hmm. i'm a bit more like data-based or a bit more I think with my business mindset mm -hmm. this kind of part plus I love photography so already back then when I started blogging it was it was 100% sure to me that I will not take my photos on a, on my photo on my on handy camera phone. Mm -hmm. phone camera so I already invested in a camera and like I always wanted to learn about the lenses about the lights so yeah I think we we made quite a good uh, a good um, a good team a good team Yeah, we also feel it. 
real pictures that and of course on street style it's nice if someone is next to you and you're not standing by yourself like we yeah. over the years we found out it's so much cooler to just approach in a group or just the two of us it just feels more natural yeah and also it's just it creates such a nice vibe i don't know how to explain it i love looking at both of your pictures because you have different styles you always have like the best out of both worlds like oh. you just said actually oh thank the you company. <laughs> <laughs> so it all goes back it's all a full circle <laughs> and um concerning your you are freelancing you have a media company you also have your uh influencer things uh, jobs like paid partnerships for example mm -hmm. do you remember your first paid partnership mm, good question i'm not exactly sure what what brand it was mm -hmm. but uh, i do i mean it was of course it was a very very small job but it was the first time that someone was offering me money i was like oh my god this is actually someone's offering me jo uh, money for this job um, yeah. i was so surprised and like so happy that this could like before i didn't even think about it. i didn't start instagram or anything like oh i want to make money out of this mm. it was never my mindset it was just the creative outlet like my having my blog next to my corporate career mm -hmm. so when brands started approaching me and actually asking for specific things or specific kind of photos jobs and offering money i was very very surprised and also at the same time the German tax system, I'm like, oh my God, how am I taxing this? The first thing I was like, I have to go to my tax advisor. I don't know what to do. Oh my God, let's not talk about this. This is horrible. Yes. <laughs> I think in, in the freelance industry, everyone is just always complaining about taxes. But then again, yeah. you like, I you know. Have to, you have to do what you have to do at the end of the day. Yes. Like, do you remember how it was growing your page after you quit your job? Because that was a big move. Or, and having your blog also on the side. Yes, I think, of course, there's always a little bit of panic in the back of my head. I would lie if I say I'm always relaxed and like, oh, of course, jobs will come. And mm. I mean, jobs come and go. And I try to like have this kind of quiet mindset of where I know, okay, there's a good month. There will also be a bad month and then will also be a quite okay month. But so you have to you have to be flexible about this. And of course, it's, it's sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's not that easy for me. Mm. Um, but what I, I never regret going freelance. I never regretted making this, making this decision. Um, so I would never go back to. I hope I don't never have to go back to being uh, being an employee somewhere, um, because it's a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. But of course, like from the outside, you always see this freedom and creativeness, and oh, she's taking trips or she's going to fashion weeks. It's so glamorous and so what fun. What is the backstage actually? Because so many people are saying, yeah, that's all they do. They just take pictures and dress up. But like, no, there's so um, much hard yeah. work behind it. Yes. Also for collaborations, I think, they, oh, you're an influencer. You just get paid for things. I mean, it's a community I'm growing and it's also a lot of work that goes into this community. Plus, there are also brands who can be a very good partnership, but also there are brands that, I mean, just that's already the worst, like not getting paid or like you have to chase the the brand to get paid, actually, mm -hmm. even though you delivered the work. I heard so much about this. This can happen, especially if it's a brand that is not based in Germany or not mm. in Europe, makes it even worse. Mm. Um, or you have brands who are like, oh, they are very free in the briefing. So you, of course, you like, you know what 
how my photography and videography looks like mm -hmm. and I'm delivering always on the same level but then there will be brands who are like oh this is not what we thought you would do we thought mm. you would do it like this so you have to do the whole process again again and mm. it's again a lot of work so there are a lot of downsides that can also happen mm -hmm. which is not as glamorous as you as you would think <laughs> not as you think yes <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for coming and taking so your nice. time and giving us your best fashion advice. I hope I did. <laughs> we will take it to heart and we will also take all your pictures as inspiration. Because I love them. I personally love them. Thank you so much. It was so nice.